0: That stands alone. I can't want choice to man the bone. Stand good and take sacks. Give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. And we are live on Facebook. The pulp revelators on the biggest pop culture week of the year so far. We've got um, this week, Marvel. Introduced the Falcon and Winter Soldier with episode one, and the long-awaited, fan-demanded Snyder cut of the Justice League, uh, which I think surprised all of us. If you if you watch our show at all, as many as as little as three weeks ago, so most of us didn't even care that the Snyder cut was cutting out. Didn't think it was going to add anything. Um, reviews started coming in really good last week, and I think most everybody that's watched it is now. I want to say a convert, but uh, is, has been much more impressed. So we will start with the Snyder Cut. And uh, Mr. Sanders, you have a the Snyder Cut behind you.
1: I do. What are, what are your thoughts? It made that big an impact on me that I had to make it my background. It was that good, guys. Um, look, I'm sure there's still a whole lot of you out there who have not seen this, and I'm sure that we are going to be chock full of spoilers throughout. Um, but the main thing that I want to start off with is that it far exceeded my expectations. I think Zack Schneider's uh, redoing this was brilliant. I think that he turned what I thought was a mediocre at best movie into something that rivals almost any of the um, superhero movies that have come out. I don't care whether that's Marvel or DC, which says a lot, and uh, it was just fantastic. I, I have nothing but good reviews for this. Um, I recognize that it's a four-hour movie, and for a lot of people, that's a turnoff, um, especially you know, those of you who sat through Endgame several times. You know, it's a long movie. Three hours is a long movie. This moves well enough. The pacing is done well enough. the The shots, the I mean, Zach Schneider is just brilliant with his cinematography. He's, I love the things that he did here, and uh, I can tell you, the four hours flies. Uh, I did not feel like I was on in a, in a marathon. You know, this seemed like a movie that was that kept moving along. You were interested in the characters, the character development, which you actually had this time. You actually got a taste of who these. Uh, you know, who these superheroes are and how they came together and just so well done. And so, uh, I mean, I, I just, I have nothing but good things to say.
0: I will say I had to watch it in three different sittings based on the time that I had available. So four hours is a long time. I was glad I wasn't sitting in a movie theater where I could break it up. Uh, I did notice that they have, I, I don't know if there's six parts total, but they have parts like kind of convenient places where you could stop if you needed to, and then keep going. Um, Tim, what do you think? What are your initial responses to Snyder cut? If if
2: that's the product they had given us with the first justice league movie, we wouldn't be talking about the questionable future of DC movies. I mean, that's all there is to it. they, I, I have a few I have two things I don't like about it and it's nitpicking it is like ridiculous nitpicking one is the length and I really don't care because I'll watch a season of Stranger Things in a day so I, I'm, I'm in it you know I sat down at like eight o'clock at night and watched Justice League I watched all four hours um, but the other thing I had was uh, I know they didn't so this whole thing started with Snyder getting deep into this project getting a lot of filming done and then he had family tragedy he had to he had to cut out. Um, and they brought in someone else to finish up the project. Um, that person then gutted the project because it wasn't Marvel enough. And they, they changed the, the, the tone of the movie. Um, but if, if they had, I don't think Snyder had a, a lot to go back and redo. And I don't think that Warner Brothers gave him, compared to the money that was already spent, they didn't give him a lot of money to finish what he had left to finish. So my other caveat, what I didn't like is the CGI on um, Cyborg at times was a little was more than a little off, Mm. especially when they got the close ups and stuff. And I I don't blame anything but a lack of funding and a lack of time. Because the the storyline, the character development was spectacular. Um, Storytelling was so much better. And I say as someone who didn't mind the first Justice League, I viewed that one as just kind of like an episode of the DC cinematic world, um, just two hours long. I didn't mind it. This was great. I mean, in that epilogue, the last <laughs> chapter of this movie, there's just so much going on. We've introduced so many more characters to look forward to. Uh, today, one of, the, one of the Warner Brothers big shots said, well, you know, we're not, Snyder's world is done, you know, fat chance of that. There's a, I mean, I'm telling you, the epilogue is so far into the future that they could tell, they could give us five years of DC movies before they do the next Snyder Justice League. And it would still be in tune with the storyline. So I, I, th- I think that they're going to revisit it. I think Snyder will get another shot at doing his sequel the way he wants. And I'm looking so forward to that. With the, with the new characters, they've given us even little tastes of them. They, they're finally setting up an expanded universe cinematically that people can buy into.
0: Don't disagree with any of it. I, I think you're, you know, both of you guys are on. Skirka, do you have a bad thing to say? No, um, <laughs> you know,
3: after the first one, I don't think you could have got worse um, after the uh, initial version of it. Uh, so I, that's why I had high hopes for this one. Cause I mean, that, that was just, I mean, I'll go on record and say that was a bad movie. I mean, I've watched it multiple times cause still there's something about seeing your favorite characters on screen. I mean, that's why I watched the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie multiple times when I was a kid. So, you know, it wasn't technically... In fact, if that hadn't been a Punisher movie, that probably would have been a good movie. We'll do that for the next episode, though. Um, but for the, uh, for the Snyder Cut, the one thing that impressed me is I liked the characters. If I remember from Justice League, I left that slightly annoyed by Ezra Miller's Flash. Um, not even slightly. I was really annoyed by him. I was like, oh, gosh, that guy just... Uh, he was funny in some scenes, but most of the time he was just annoying. In this, he was really likable um you know i I really enjoyed seeing his scenes um you know uh ray fisher as cyborg his character was much more developed um you know he was just kind of present in the original version and then he was the deuce at the end that helped them break everything apart but it's like um in this one they did a really good backstory on him. i mean you had his father's heroic moment um it it was just i even liked Affleck's Batman in this one and I, I didn't hate his Batman all along I just wasn't you know like ah. but with this he kind of brought more to the table in this version so and I, and I mean Momoa is Momoa he was good and uh and same thing with um Gal Gadot she was uh, she was awesome as Wonder Woman we already knew that you know that those two those two are those characters now practically I
2: think that they had more um i don't think it's a matter of time i know this is a much longer movie i just think the dialogue was written better Mm
4: -hmm. well they removed all the
3: cheesy jokes
2: yeah Um, the only one who was the joker was what the the guy who joked around was the flash everyone else was right superhero stuff
3: well like you were talking about before we started um as we always do we probably talk about the best things right before we roll onto the um actual facebook but you were talking about the aquaman abduction scene and how that was like reframed and much better and different order and um all i remember is they pulled out the cheesy ben affleck joking parts where he was like do you talk to fish and you know they actually had a decent conversation and basically they removed the campiness of the original version and people were like oh there can't be a dark justice league man read comics comics are dark they haven't been like these light campy stories since the time they were light and campy in the sixties. I mean, comics have they they do some try to throw some realism in there. There's hope, but you know, they're they're fighting really evil um, creatures of some sort. And Darkseid is basically the DC universe's ultimate evil. I mean, he's basically the end all and be all. He is the apocalypse, basically.
2: You know, the cool thing about the Dark Side intro is that. Without even giving us additional characters, they've they've introduced dozens of more characters. And Mr. Miracle, I mean, I, there's just so many more characters that are gonna come in tow with Darkseid if they continue the storyline. That man, the the galaxy for for material is just
0: open wide. Brandon, would this movie have been better with John Cena in it?
5: <laughs> That's a good question. I'm I'm scared for that. I'm sc- I'm scared for... Wh- who's the character he's playing? Peacemaker, is that Peacemaker. right? Yeah, so that's for the next Suicide Squad, right? And then he's right. going to have his own show. That could go either way. He's a pretty good actor, but... I don't know. We- we'll see. I don't know that character very well. Um, I will say... So my... I've only seen the first three parts of Justice League, um, and and I'm not... I'm a little bit more on the negative side so far, but I have not seen the whole thing. I'm a little less than halfway through. The only thing I can't do, and and I think this is a me issue. I was thinking about this. I was watching it. I think some of these characters just aren't for me. And I think no matter what they do with them, like Aquaman is not for me. And there's nothing they can do about Aquaman that make. Although I will say, uh, who's the the woman... uh, the Mara? Aquaman. Mara. Yeah, Mara Amber Heard. That, that scene was pretty cool when she pushes the water and she's trying to get the the uh, whatever the creatures are that are trying to get the what are the square things
1: called the mother boxes. Mother boxes. I don't
5: like that name either. <laughs> it's like I don't know what it is. Some of this just isn't for me I think, but I love the flash so far. Immedi- I immediately like that like that. And and it felt it felt sort of like the spider-man casting to me you know i was like oh okay like this makes a lot of sense to me for some reason like the way that this character is kind of like the a little bit of the more not i don't i don't even i wouldn't even call him goofy I, i think it's just due to the nature of being a kid um i do like affleck a lot better than i like him in Batman versus Superman. And, and that's just in the first couple scenes. I haven't even seen him be Batman yet. I've only seen him as Bruce Wayne and it has to be editing, right? It, it, it just has to be some kind of editing that, I mean, he wasn't, he was fine in the other one, by the way. I haven't seen Justice League, the original cut. I've only seen Batman V Superman. I, I thought he was, fun, but he wasn't the problem of that for me. Um, so, I mean, so far it's just a little slow. I just need it to get to get going a little bit. It's hard for me to sit and watch it. It really it really is, but I want to and I want to see what what happens and I want to see how it develops, but um I don't hate it. <laughs> That's well, where I am <laughs> right now. But, so but we'll you, see once I get through the rest.
2: If you consider like Batman vs Superman, so that was a Snyder movie too. And if you consider Snyder was setting up a large story. So for me Batman v Superman was not about Batman at all. I mean, I know that he's a major character, but it was about the arc of Superman dealing with Doomsday and the result of that and how that sets up the future of DC movies moving forward in Snyder's mind. So to me, Batman versus Superman simply introduced us to Affleck's Bruce Wayne slash Batman and to Wonder Woman. Those are just introductions. And if we're doing just introductions and setting up characters, I, I could see him Doing a decent job at setting up character development, where we turned into the original Justice League. And man, you had like five minutes of Aquaman, five minutes of The Flash, two seconds of Cyborg, and hey, we're the Justice League. (laughs) And it just didn't mesh well. And then you turn around and watch what Snyder's done with rehashing the Justice League. And I thought, I always thought it would be difficult to pull off new character introduction in an assembly movie like this. I mean, look at what Marvel did. They assemb- they, they gave you all the characters beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, and the only ones they developed that you didn't quite see was, was Hawkeye. Hawkeye was the only person who got more of a story arc than he'd gotten before. So I, you had those storylines established and those characters developed, and then you turn around and see what DC did. I'm, there's no way you can do that in one movie, but Snyder, with four hours, I think he pulled it off. Yeah.
0: I think that speaks to it, Tim, when, when I remember the, the, the Joss Whedon released Justice League, the first one, it seemed like a bunch of snippets that didn't fit well together and, and, and very rushed. Yep. And this one was allowed to spread out and you had character development that you didn't have, just what you, you've said. You get the backstory and even somebody like Steppenwolf as the bad guy, I thought was a lame one dimensional bad guy first go round. And now you see him as the, the, the underling to dark side and, and trying to redeem himself. And he was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm more on board with Steppenwolf as a character. Um, so it almost, even though I agree four hours is a long time to sit through a movie, it was, it spread it out in a way that made it all work.
4: Yeah. And, and
2: if, you, if you consider the, the epilogue was what, 40 minutes? Give or take, I think you
0: might be right. Yeah,
2: I, no, it was, and yeah. if you, if he took away the whole point, I, I think Snyder's brilliant at this that he did this because the epilogue was useless. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm serious. Because if DC says this movie is done, it's, if Snyder's done, we're done with the Snyder world. We're done. The epilogue serves no purpose. But Snyder put that in there and planted all those Easter eggs and all those seeds. Because, hey, guess what? I've got so much more to tell, and you're going to want to see it. And this is just a taste of what I'm bringing to the table. And the first three hours was great, but the epilogue has me hooked. It's great.
0: Well, I see we've got Joe has popped on. Joe, were you able last week? Did you watch both movies last week?
4: I did. I was able to watch uh, Justice League, the original. Uh, I think on Wednesday, and then Thursday came, and I was able to watch Justice League, uh, the new version. So I saw both of them back to back. That, um, that's amazing. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was something. <laughs> wow! So, and the day before, I watched Batman v Superman on Tuesday, the extended cut. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it was a lot the last hard. week of. A lot of Batman and Superman all of that week. But that being said, um, I kind of, when I watched the first two, the first two that came out, Batman and, and the rest, Just League, I had only watched it once before that. So there was a lot I had completely forgotten about that they had done in the movie. Um, and when I watched those two movies the first time, I had a lot of like, preconceived notions about what the movie was, what people had seen, the reviews and everything before. So when I went in and watched it the first time, I was like, you know, I just didn't like it. I didn't give it a chance to kind of sit with it. I just watched it. I was like, okay, I saw it. It was okay. Never went back to it. Uh, So going back the second time and rewatching it, I liked it. I liked the both of them a little bit better than the first time but I was able to see those criticisms that people had said, especially with uh, Justice League, like uh, how it was just very disjointed. Like there was a lot of just like, you would start here and then you go there and then it would kind of jump over here. And I was like, wait, what? And I think Tim said something like it was like, you only got a few minutes with these characters and especially like Cyborg. Cyborg, you got very little of him in the, in the first one. And a scene that really kind of jumped out to me when I watched it both times, it was the bank scene where the bank robbers come in, they're setting up, the guy's standing at the window, and there's a picture of a, you can see a scope uh, on him. And he waves to the police officers. In the original version, it just cuts to that and goes right to Wonder Woman. Mm. So you're kind of like, well, who's, lo- wait, I was like, well, who's looking at, what, what is that? And then when you watch the Snyder Cut, it's him, it's actually the police that are there. Like So they kind of leave it there with you to assume, oh, he's waving to the police. Mm. But they flush that scene out a little bit more. It's the police. They let you know that there are actually children in the building. That these guys are serious. And mm. then it cuts to Wonder Woman. Um, so yeah, so I, and, and then just a the little bit of differences that you really saw that were like, wow, Josh Media really did change this and added a whole lot of different things and changed a lot of stuff from what was already there um but i mean as a whole i did i liked the snyder cut a lot a lot better i felt the story really kind of connected um for me i liked the whole thing of like you said you got more with uh cyborg and just his character arc and him how much he integral to the movie and to the plan and how making everything work um and just seeing a little bit more his power set Uh, the explanation of it. You know, that that explanation on the recording from his father explaining his powers a little bit. For me, not being a very big cyborg fan, even in the comics or in the TV, you know, cartoons and everything, that kind of explained his powers to me a little bit more. Yeah, I understood he could, you know, he could interact with computers and he was a mechanical cyborg and thing, but that explanation of what he can actually do For his powers I was like whoa okay this 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 man really is you know a lot more powerful than than he's ever really been portrayed
0: um for me so so I wonder where in this you know I've heard a couple people say they didn't hate Affleck you know as Batman this time he kind of carries away that that Dark Knight Returns older grizzled Batman who's tired of you know getting beat up and and um, you know, I appreciated him a lot more in this one as well. Even if he was cussing Batman, um, which you're you're not supposed to have happen. Um, you know, later on, f bomb Batman. But um, I, I I liked his character. I thought he he definitely kind of held things together and his desire to put a team of warriors together to deal with the problem. Yeah, um, I think that
2: was really cool that they they took the time to to focus on the fact that. Bruce Wayne, put them together. That was his mission there. His, his goal wasn't to go out there and fight that battle. Cause he'll go fight any battle there is in front of him, whether he can win or lose, you know, he doesn't, he, he'll just fight because that's his, that's his thing, but he wanted to do something bigger. And that they did a good job of showing why he was driven to do that. The connection to Superman and the promise that he made, all those things um, were great factors in, in his motivation and his, his mission.
3: Well, and I really like that they brought back what I like to call it a Snyder effect, um, where he does the slow mo stuff. Um, and what? And see, I, I think I'm in the minority here. Um, I, I really like his version of Watchmen. I mean, obviously, it wasn't the graphic novel, but I, I liked the movie basically. And he does he did the same thing in that movie that he did in this. That some of the action shots, the music that he picked really surprises you because it doesn't really match with what you would normally see in these action shots like um one of the biggest ones that stuck with me and it worked perfectly though was the intro to the flash um with the car accident and everything when he's um when he's out there running like i remember watching i'm like oh the first one of the first action shots that song doesn't match and but then Mm -hmm. like the more you watched it it was all it was like so good I, i liked like i really liked that scene and that bit of soundtrack and there was a few moments of that that i really like kind of the songs that he picked for that plus i love his trailers that have leonard cohen's hallelujah in it. he did it for Watchmen, and he did it for justice league
5: the only thing i like I, the scene oh, go ahead I, I was just gonna say i think it's the only thing that's tough about slow-mo i think is when you have a character where you absolutely have to use it and then you use it for other people too that's when it gets to be, I think, overkill. Because you have to use it for Flash. Like right. you, or you can't show, that's how you show what he's doing. And, and so it's used so much. I mean, I'm only on part three. It is used a lot in the first three parts. Stand, stand by. <laughs> so I can't even yeah. imagine the rest of the movie. But t- to me, that's, in just in what I've seen, that's, that's why I think it feels like so much. Because you have to use it for Flash. Because that's his power. So, and if you're using it for all this other artistic stuff, now it feels like a trope almost. But I, I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to see the rest.
2: <laughs> there were two scenes that I thought was, I kind of made, like made me raise my eyebrows. the The back scene with Wonder Woman. She takes the time to jump through the roof, take the bomb up, launch the bomb up, and save everybody from the bomb. And then she comes down, and she does this, and she blows the building up anyway.
4: <laughs> but she oh, only killed dude. the bad guy. She didn't kill all the people and it wasn't four blocks. Come on, know? man.
2: It, it was four blocks because every single cop out there got a brick to the head. Every <laughs> <a> single one.
4: <laughs> and all those kids had their eardrums blown out too. Come so on. all of them the, are now the deaf.
2: the other one was we kind of talked about this in our text string was that how have we not figured out how to make someone a little bit of running fast? I mean, it looks like every step they take, they're covering like 600 feet. Like, that's Ant-Man. That's man as Ant-Man can pull that off. The Flash just going, like, and, But he's covering 600 foot of distance with every step. Like, no, he moves really fast. He doesn't take big steps.
5: Well, I, I like how they explain that differently. Like, they don't say – I guess they kind of say he's really fast, but they say that he manipulates the – what's speed it called the speed force yeah so that almost that that sounds like what they're showing more you know what i mean like him manipulating time versus it might sound like it it doesn't look like it
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, looks weird. Weird. <laughs> it does look weird
5: it looks a little weird
3: the alternative would be like uh hyperspace and star wars where everything's moving so fast it's a blur well let's i was just difficult. thinking that
2: that scene in Star Wars episode one where Qui-Gon, Jed Obi-Wan Kenobi speed away from the droids and the like, one, of the opening scenes, yeah. that looked legitimately like fast running, even though it was done CGI 20 years ago. I thought Lucas did a better job of that 20 years ago than we just had with the flash two days ago.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I like, I like how they do it in, I don't know if you've seen the, like the flash TV show on mm-hmm. the CW. Like, I like the way the Flash runs in there because, like, you see him. He's running, and you can tell he's running. They speed up the legs, They do all that. But when he needs to do specific things, that's when they'll hit that kind of freeze to show you what he's doing, the the acrobatic movements up the building around, and then all of a sudden they hit that. He's gone again, that kind of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan thing that you were talking about, Tim. And he goes through, and then he kind of zips through the city, and he has a trail that's behind him. And it was a little off-putting with the flash in this one because he did. He took these long, awkward, wide, just kind of like almost like he's a racer, like you see in the Olympics when they do the big hand movements. Yeah. And they, but he was doing it really slow. And I get that they were trying to slow it down to show that expression of speed where everybody else is, is still, but he's moving. Yeah. You could speed that up. You know, yeah. even three or four times a little bit, speed uh-huh. that up to get that same effect as opposed to that long, almost like he's like awkwardly moving through kind of thing. So you make fun, but that's exactly
3: how I ran in high school track and field. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm being I'm being mean here, but I'm trying to be funny too. Like the, before they give us the flash movie, Ezra Miller needs to go down to Jamaica and do some training with Usain Bolt about how to actually look like you're running because his hands are like. <laughs> Here I come! Like, like, man. But and then they took the time to show us that style or that that special effect more than once. You know, you have the scene where they're bringing Superman back, and you're showing his running style, and then you have the final battle where you're seeing more of that. Um, and I just, I don't know. I I I think that a lot of this comes down to time and money for Snyder, because to me, I, I feel like he treated this as the way a perfectionist would. And if he had had more time and more money and, and, and Warner brother had been behind him just a little bit more. I I mean, you can't complain. Warner brothers let him put out a four hour movie. Right. Yeah. That's, that's never been done before.
1: Yeah. And I just really don't know how you can make it look like regular running when he can cover the great distances that he can in fractions of a second. I mean, you know, how how do you, how do you do that? You know, Uh
4: I mean, I will say this, back to Gary's point, what the, you, you brought this up earlier about the music for that, for his introduction scene with him and Iris. Um, I liked how they handled it there. You know, like the the whole thing of him popping out of his shoes that first little bit, him kind of coming slowly through the the window. That kind of slowed down emotion. Um, And what you were saying about the music, I liked that because the music, even though it was kind of an action scene, The scene itself was more about, to me, Iris, uh, uh, Barry and Iris kind of connecting. Yeah. So it kind of had this slowed down motion. It was about that, about him seeing this girl, you know, falling in love. I guess I don't know the whole, you know, thing of it, um, for the first time. And you know, I liked the whole thing of him being really slow with her, moving her intently, because in that situation of his actions or a reaction when he comes out of the speed force. So if he's going, moving her really fast, moving her around, that's going to translate to her, you know, hitting really, you know, hard on the ground. Yeah, um, they, they
2: did a really good job of showing that more than once. Yeah. Of, of how he has, and within his speed, he's got to have that light touch. Mm-hmm. Like that, And I noticed it, I, like you just pointed out, but I noticed that, I thought that was really cool.
4: Yeah, I, that was a really cool touch um, of him just kind of moving her and just kind of spinning her really slowly. And then just lay her down and just as she hits, he comes out of it and everything kind of boom, 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 starts back up into, uh, you know, back at, to normal speed.
3: And what's a really interesting part about that is that um, that actress, uh, I believe her name is Clemens, Clemons, um, was initially removed from the Justice League. We didn't see her in Joss Whedon's film. And then she was, uh, I think if I'm correct, reports where she was removed from the Flash movie. She wasn't gonna play Iris. Now, since this is played, um, I believe I read that she's been added back to the Flash movie because of you know I think people really like the chemistry in that one scene.
0: One yeah. scene, it was a great uh, scene. Yes,
4: yeah, so mm-hmm.
3: that uh you know Tim, you were saying that you know they're not exactly continuing Zack's, uh Snyder's universe, but in some ways his vision is continuing. Uh, I mean the uh, the Aquaman film. Was technically a direct sequel to his version of the Justice League film. Yeah,
2: and, and both Wonder Woman films. Yeah, so. Connected. No, I, when I say that, it's, that's because they've announced that and done an interview, but there's, I mean, I just feel like there's no way Snyder's not gonna get to tell his story.
3: I hope. Um, I would be curious if um, one of the most polarizing characters um, this whole entire uh, time of the DCU movies was Jared Leto's Joker. Um, everybody you know it was almost he was like I'll I'll go on record and say I didn't mind him as the Joker at all it was just a different version but I know that after the Suicide Squad it was basically like nobody wanted to see him as the Joker again so I'd be curious to see what you guys think starting with Mike Mike what did you think about Leto's Joker in this one
0: I think Tim summed it up when you've got this whole epilogue where Batman wakes up you know, and it's, maybe it's a vision, maybe it's going to happen, maybe it's not. And so you kind of wonder, okay, do you need Joker there? I, I, there is, there's a great interaction. Um, I think that part of the problem is that we're all, we will all compare whoever's Joker to Heath Ledger now, you know, and there's, you, you can't outdo Heath Ledger as Joker. So you got to try to do something a little different. And, and Leto does does a good job there. I mean, the, the interaction is good. It's it's almost this last night on earth, you know, um, you know, scene. Um, so I I was okay with it, even though I didn't love it. But it it also comes to a question that popped in my mind, Gary. Is we know? Okay, so you went from Steppenwolf to, to up to Dark Side this go round. But then we also have Joker. We also have Lex Luthor have a bigger role. We also, we've got this kind of rogues gallery of bad guys. Um, and, and you feel like Snyder just likes to give us a whole lot of characters to play with, put pieces on the map. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm curious if what people thought of that also, as well as, as Leto's uh, Joker, just how the bad guys- I read about that? it
3: afterwards and of course for, uh, I think it's been taken down um, because legal attacks. Uh, Bleeding Cool had posted uh, Snyder's plans, and they were the original plans for his his sequels as well. And um, I, I'm not going to talk about them here because I, I really want to see them happen. Um, but you know, they're out there if you want to look for them. And, and of course, they interviewed him afterwards, and there was one part about it that I really didn't like. And they interviewed him about it, and he said, "No, that, those were the first plans. I had changed it." So there are some parts that he had changed already, but you're going to see all those, uh, basically what I will say is all those characters you were going to see in future installments. Like all of it, like basically everything that he put that we watched is exactly what Tim said. There was two more movies supposed to come out. It was supposed to be a trilogy. And every bit of that was going to play out all the way through the next two films. Um, it was weird. And I thought it was a little bit heavy to throw the Joker in. Um, I, For that, like, if those sequels were going to happen, then I would have been fine with it. But to end on that, and to have those two characters have that interaction that we're never going to see happen again, that, it was such a cool interaction. It was probably one of the strongest Batman-Joker interactions I've seen since the Heath Ledger film. I mean, obviously, no one's ever going to beat that Christian Bale-Ledger police station scene where he's interrogating them in the... you know, in the interrogation room. I, I don't think you could ever, that interaction was probably like, to me, the epitome Joker Batman interaction, that whole entire scene. Um, and I don't think anyone can ever hold up to Heath Ledger's uh, Joker, which is why I think Jerry Leto went in a completely different direction kind of with it. And um, so, but I would really like to see more of that in the future. So I, I kind of hope that maybe with this, it's redeemed him as the character and we get to see more of what he does with it.
1: So, I'm going to step outside of our geekdom here and our knowledge of, of kind of how the comics work and say that in the That's DC I mean. Universe, <laughs> in the DC universe, as we see it, the kind of things that they're putting together, there's no real continuity. And I could have very easily seen this epilogue as something in an alternate timeline or in one of the multiverses or some, another alternate ending of what could have happened had he let a certain thing happen to Lois. So it wasn't hard for me to step outside of that and say, OK, so I don't know anything about these other movies that are coming up. Um he gave us a teaser of what could have happened and so i kind of played it that way and i thought man you know some of the fans could definitely see it that way a lot of a lot of them you know they don't they're they're not familiar enough perhaps um with all the dc storylines and and where they're pulling these from or where he was going from it with uh with it but even in the batman universe right now in comics we see these dystopic worlds we see these futures we we see these strange stories that have very little to do with just the regular storyline of the ongoing batman uh comics or even the uh, detective comics so anyway that's just my two cents
2: and snyder's but keep in mind that snyder set this up originally in batman superman when he when ezra miller shows up just as like a a flash you know literally vision As a flash vision to, to you know, and he he says, Lois is the key. You know, Lois is everything. So Steiner had a plan and I've got to think that I've said it three times now, there's no way Steiner doesn't get a chance to flesh this out. That interaction between Jared Leto and Ben Affleck at the end, you know, they're, they're both, Jared Leto's just doing his best to get under Bruce Wayne's skin. He's just, just trying to do it. And Bruce Wayne comes back to what he says about Harley Quinn. And it makes the Joker just kind of stop and look at him and be like, well, you almost had me there, you know. But I, I mean, to say no one can ever equal Ledger, we haven't given Leto the chance. Right. He hasn't fleshed out that character at
0: all. And meanwhile, Joaquin Phoenix has done a, you know, an award-winning Joker at the same, you know, in this off reality somewhere.
2: Uh, yeah, and that was just an origin story. That's not even the Joker yet, you know.
5: Now, and now on to Batman featuring other people.
2: (laughs) I
0: mean, right? Isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I I mean, I'm still waiting for George Clooney to come back. (laughs) So so I will say so we've got a little bit of Falcon Winter Soldier to get into as well. But why don't we take a last word from everybody on on Justice League? I I have a feeling that we're not done having this conversation. Um, You know, this is kind of a door opening with a, an amazingly strong shot. And since I'm talking right now, I'll go ahead and throw in, uh, you know, my parting shot would be, I would watch a Martian Manhunter movie. Yes. I thought that was a really cool little thing to throw in there. You know, at the end, I, I dug it.
5: The, the only thing I'll say is the guy who sings born to be wild looks real bad. <laughs> <laughs> Little Steppenwolf joke for you. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen the rest, so I'm not going to say anything else. So,
3: uh, half the population <laughs> probably alive right now probably wouldn't have got that joke.
4: <laughs> um, I'm just going to say real quick, just to and just to answer what Garrett asked, um, to end on. I really like Jared Leto's Joker in Suicide Squad. I agree with. That. I liked it. It was a different version. It was, you know, it's. It's the Joker in that particular world. Um, I like the Joker in this because, for me, that Joker came across as an older Joker, a Joker who, who for everything the Joker does, he always wants to see, you know, he always he wants to see the world burn. He wants to be a part of this chaos. He wants to be into this madness that happens. But I think in this, at the epilogue, that madness coming from Superman, coming from um dark side and that complete annihilation of everything kind of i won't say changes him but when batman comes to him he kind of weighs his options to me he weighs his option is like hmm maybe i can get this with him put in with him as opposed to you know superman or dark side who would just take him off the board as it was um you know and i am and hopefully i really would love to see a continuation like tim said and give Leto a chance to really do more with this Joker character. Um, You know, and as a whole for the Snyder cut, you know, if I had to put something on it, you know, I'd put like a a definite, you know, 8.5 to 9 on it. Um, You know, like I said, I wouldn't make it perfect, but it's definitely way better than what I expected and got from it. I'll I'll
0: say with
2: with all the... I've kind of nitpicked the movie. I'm being very unfair. I thought it was a great movie. Um, I'm team Snyder. I want to see the dialogue between Batman and the Joker when they decide to work together. Mm-hmm. I want to see that conversation play out and what the factors are. And my goodness, if, if you, if you gave to the fans to just let someone re-release a movie you've already done, stand by because you're going to, you, there's blood in the water when it comes to that right now.
1: Yeah, my, my final word really is that I want to see more. I, I like where he left it. Um, I like what he did with the film. I like his vision. Um, I'm hopeful that this is not the end because I think DC needs a kick. Um, you know, not that some of the standalones weren't, Good, I, I really liked the first Wonder Woman. I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan of 84. Um, you know, I I thought Aquaman for what it is. And uh, Brandon, I know you're not into that character, but to be honest with you, um, it was it was an okay movie. I mean, it wasn't great. It, it, it had some good visual effects. Um, but as a whole, I think DC needs a, a real kick. And I think that this is an opportunity and they should seize it. Um, you know it's got a lot of press a lot of positive press and i think that that's something that's been lacking in a lot of dc movies so that's kind of my last
0: i will just playing on on tim and jeff i don't know if anybody's read um scott snyder's last night on earth but it begins with batman in a, in a post-apocalyptic world carrying joker's head animated in a in a jar and they and joker's like this like Devil sitting on his shoulder, just talking to him. Like it would be really cool to see. That's how I picture this interaction going forward. Even I, w-
1: I was thinking about that this whole time. I swear, Mike that that was that was in my mind when I was talking about these, you know, uh, dystopian kind of futures and these things that you know, no continuity. And I, that's exactly what I was thinking of: is his head in that jar? Is he's like yeah. a lantern? You know.
0: Meanwhile, Scott Snyder, who has been one of the, the the best Batman writers of the last. 30 years or so, um, I saw on Twitter, he is, has, has answered that I am not the Snyder who redid justice league. So a different Snyder, you know? Um, so I, we will definitely have much more to say about the justice league and Snyder's world, I think as it, as it moves forward, but we also started a new chapter in the MCU this past week. And everything that, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is kind of everything that WandaVision wasn't. And we got a sense oh, and Sanders has already moved into the, his new background, uh, we got a sense that WandaVision was this suspended reality to try to grab onto the past and not deal with the future quite yet. We go into Falcon Winter Soldier after an amazing 10 minute flight sequence that just kind of you know blew you away. And life after um, Thanos, life after, you know, you've got economic reality, you've got, um, you know, the post Captain uh, America world, you've got all this stuff going on, and you've got Bucky dealing with his demons. Um, but man, what a good start to this next chapter. Tim, what were your uh, first thoughts on Falcon Winter Soldier?
2: they said it was an hour long. And at the end of the episode, I thought that was an hour. Like I, I it ended so abruptly that I was I'm, I'm ready for more. Um, yeah, I like that, that sequence at the very beginning, that flight sequence. I love how, um, at the very end, it's, it's a hostage rescue type thing and how Falcon pulls off the rescue. It's just it, that, that look three second caption right there. was just awesome. I loved how that played out. Um, And I love how, you know, we kind of had the superhero thing going on where the villain hasn't died yet. You know, just it's kind of like that perpetual you're going to be dealing with me for a while thing. So I I like that. Um, I like the separate storylines that they're giving us right now. Um, So it's I'm really curious how in five episodes, you know, they're going to bring Bucky and Sam together. I would imagine they're going to do it within this next episode. You know, as as their invested separate investigations lead them in, in the same direction. Um, so we haven't seen that Bucky Sam interaction yet that I'm looking forward to. But I mean, I'm, I'm hooked. I, it definitely it's where, like you said, where Vision was kind of like slow down, deal with what's or don't deal with what's going on in your world right now. This is like full speed ahead. <laughs> You know, we're in the midst of this and they, they're even dealing with uh, we've got some development of Sam's character dealing with his family, you know, what his sister's going through and things like that. And his desire to still Sam's legacy is not just about the shield or the wings. It's about his family's legacy and what they grew up doing. And I, I think that those are excellent character development points that, you know, Marvel, again, is brilliant to flesh out and, and Bucky's character development of I've got nobody. You know, he's trying, but he just doesn't have a way to connect. His, his interaction with the shrink, when he was like, look, give me, give me a break. Like, I'm trying. It, it, this is not my thing. So I, I loved it. Next.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Brandon, you watched all this one, right?
5: Yeah, yeah this is a little <laughs> bit easier to digest. Like, I've only watched the first 10 minutes. I think
0: <laughs> that would be the equivalent, right? Like,
5: <laughs> I, I think. I think they spent the entire budget of WandaVision in the episode one. I mean, I was like, you know, I was just thinking about this analogy and I don't know if it's perfect, but, you know, just to go back to music, which is something I deal with every day, like, you know, the grunge era was defined by these bands that were really good at doing either quiet verse into loud chorus or loud verse into quiet chorus. That was sort of the dichotomy of like the Nirvanas and this, all these bands. And that's what this was, right? Like WandaVision was like the quiet beginning that led up to this big thing. And this just like punched you in the face, but then pulled it back and then got psychological. I mean, there was this was so much meatier than I expected as far as the depth of story and character development that we already have in one episode. Um, I think it was helped tremendously by the extra, I think 15 minutes it it gets. Compared to like a one the average one division episode, because it's it's unbelievable. Like fifteen minutes doesn't feel like a lot of time, but man, it gave them a lot more depth for this episode. And then finishing with a fake Captain America. Uh, I saw a couple people commenting online. I thought would be a little smarter about that, like that can't be captain america i like i felt like i was like at a wrestling show where people believe what's going on you know what i mean i'm like of course it's not captain America. that's the point they're telling you a story like but uh i was you know prior to this i wasn't like i did not like bucky barnes but i wasn't i didn't know what I wasn't super invested in him. And I thought they did a really good job immediately making you invested in him as a character and and fleshing out Sam a little bit more and showing more. I mean, like, we're already there. Like, we don't even need much more. (laughs) Like, you have enough now to move forward and and sort of add some more. But uh, I think the Bucky story is incredibly compelling already. And that that was my favorite part of it, is just showing that he's trying to make amends and this incredibly sad... um, situation now where he's with the father of this scientist that he murdered and he can't cross he can't cross the barrier to do what he's set out to do and he's just befriended this guy i mean what a story i i i can't wait to see the rest
4: um i like the fact <clears throat> um like the story like I, I think i said last week i was really kind of interested in seeing this interaction between Bucky and, um, and Sam, and it didn't start out the way I thought it was going to start out, but that's in a good way. Meaning I thought it was going to start with them already together, you know, like, uh, so they were already into this, that, that mission that Sam was on in the beginning. I thought the Winter Soldier was going to be the one on the ground with him and they were in this together. And then you find out that no, Sam's doing this on his own, working with the government, doing this thing. Sam's going back to live with his family to take care of them. And that Bucky is, has been pardoned, uh, but as part of his pardon, has to go to a therapist, has to do all these things to just, as, as, as the therapist says, make sure that he doesn't you know, go off again. Um, and that they're separate. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this makes a lot more This is cool. I like this. And like, and like you just said, that story of Sam is trying to get back in touch with his family. Because for five years, he was gone. He wasn't there. He wasn't with them. I think there's going to be that bit of guilt that comes into play, I think, on his part. Because he wasn't there for his sister, to, for the family. That's why he wants to hold on to the boat and the house. He wants to try to make a go of it uh the same with bucky there's that five-year gap where he wasn't here and Bucky even says it and I, and I and i'm glad it was said in the in off the jump is bucky has not had a chance to really adjust if you really think like you said if you think about it you know he was in he he fell off of a train in the 30s and died hydra picked him up and for the next what was it 60 years 70 years he was a mindless robot almost and then put on ice and kept being frozen back and brought to life, My, brainwashed to do horrible things. Um, and then he's on the run, you know, from, from the people who are looking for him. Um, and then he finds that, finally finds that peace in Wakanda for however bit of a long he's in there. But that gets yanked away from him because he has to be put right back into a war and gets snapped away for five years and then comes back to another war that, that, that he's still fighting, you know, with, with Thanos. Um, so I like that. It's just kind of like Bucky's just like, I haven't had a chance to really process any of this. Um, and like, and like you said before, I like that where Bucky is trying to figure out how to, to amend what, you know, what he did, but he has this gentleman where he killed his son and he doesn't know how to to get to that so he became his friend and really i and at first i thought before i realized it was the guy's father i thought it was an old friend that bucky knew that might have still been alive from mm-hmm. somewhere that he knew um and he was just he, he had found a friend um so i'm really excited curious to see how that's going to play out like when it gets to that point in the series where bucky has to tell this man i'm the one that killed your son um you know, I'm no, what do you say? I'm no longer the Winter Soldier. I I killed your son. I'm no longer the Winter Soldier and you are part of my healing process or whatever he said to the lady there. So um, really, the story is really kind of flushing out. I like the way, the direction they're going in it. Absolutely. So um, one of
3: my favorite things about it happened afterwards. Uh, Comic Book Now um, put an article out how the Falcon and Winter Soldier can reveal the X-Men. And Heather Antos, who's an editor for Valiant, she quoted on it, have we learned nothing? Because <laughs> um, with uh, you know, WandaVision, you know, everyone's like, oh, the X-Men, the X-Men. So now that didn't happen. So now for this, they're like, oh, they're going to put the X-Men in. Um, <laughs> no, I, the Winter Soldier is probably one of my favorite characters ever since Ed Brubaker brought him back. Um, I, I've said before that one of the unspoken rules always is everyone in comics, no one ever stays dead except for Bucky and Uncle Ben. And now so far it's Uncle Ben um but the, he uh you know the winter soldier is a great character i'm glad they're finally kind of showing that displaced in time thing because you know they, they showed it a lot with steve in the um second captain america movie and now with this one they're kind of showing it with him like i love the scene where he's at the date and she's like well how old are you he's like 108 you know he, he's being truthful it's you know he's 108 years old um you know i also uh kind of a connection to the black widow and one of my hopes is from this since you you're going to see characters from these tv shows and some of the movies is um how he's going through a ledger um and if you remember in the avengers film she talked about her ledger a lot so um he's kind of following that same path in the comics there's a connection between those two he uh as the winter soldier he trained her in the red room where they create the black widow and so the red room is going to focus it Going to feature in the black widow film so it would be really cool to see him kind of transfer over to that but i'm not going to even try to hope for that because you know WandaVision crushed all my hopes and predictions that i had so but um no it, it was a great entry episode and that's exactly what it was they, they set the scene for both the main characters and the one thing that i am that i i'm thinking they will address that i'm kind of looking forward to is um you know the main character zemo zemo uh, however you say, it. I always think of the drink Zima that we all hate in college. Remember, Joe? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but Joe and I went to college together. But um, the, uh, the, uh, he has the code word triggers to turn Bucky into the Winter Soldier. He did it in, um, well, he did it in uh, Civil, Civil War. War. So I know he technically has been deprogrammed um, by Shuri in Wakanda. But I'm curious to see how well she did, because, you know, he's probably going to try to use those trigger codes.
0: Hmm. You know, as far as we know, 108 years old is older than Jeff Sanders.
1: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just never put on ice.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Jeff?
1: Um. You know, I'm not sure what I can add to what these gentlemen have already said. Uh, The truth is that, you know, it came out of it it came out blazing. Um, You know, you step right back into the MCU. You're you're coming out of the movies. You're coming out of the five years. All that's all that's transpired. uh, Great development, early development of the two characters. Um, I'm interested in seeing how they're going to come together and what's going to bring them together and how that will play out um you know i guess the thing we haven't really talked about is this uh so-called fake captain america the u.s soldier and how that's going to play into this whole storyline and um you know i'm i i saw some of those things online also where they're like not my captain america you know people are people are up in arms and they're, they're like oh no i don't like this what's going on but um no. I, I, I thought it was just a, a great first showing, uh, you know, Marvel is flexing its muscles again, they're showing what they can do they, they come out so strong and these episodic sort of storytelling works so well for these characters, um, and you know I, I, I have very high expectations, um, you know, obviously such a different feel than the wandavision um a whole different take on what's happening in in the mcu but uh you know really really cool just very well done
0: and and really they spent their entire um marketing and promotion on the interplay between the two characters who we don't even have together yet you know so really interesting like it's like you say they 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 Get us expecting one thing and deliver something else, and it's still really good, knowing that it's going to build to something. One question I guess I had, I wonder how you guys took this, where Sam is get, is watching the footage of Flag Smasher, you know, who who is throwing people around like, like a super soldier. Do you think he's thinking that's Bucky or that could be Bucky? Because hmm. mm. that's how. That's how
5: it looks. That's a good point. Yeah. I I think that we're going to – I think they're going to continue to deal with the struggle of is he still that guy or is he not that guy, right? I think that's his core internal struggle and everyone else's struggle with knowing his past and dealing with his future.
0: You think – it's kind
3: of funny you guys have brought up the uh you know people's reaction not my cap and all it always cracks me up with the, you know sometimes i'll read the message boards about x-men comics if you want to see a really volatile place go there but um it's kind of funny because you'll have people um mine my age all the way up to jeff's age and uh, (laughs) and um versus like the younger readers who have never read any of these precursor stories and you know you always see the older guy that's like just wait and like while well, people are like bent out of shape. There's a reason why Marvel Comics resolicited um, Captain America the Captain trade paperback uh, epic collection just this last round. Um, and it's because that they, they're doing that as they just did it for WandaVision all the comic book stories related to WandaVision they just released really re-released as trades again. so. I have a chance to go see the stories that show it and um john walker has a pretty long story so it'll be interesting to see how he turns out in the story but mike i did not pick up at all on that and that's interesting because my i'm still stuck um the one prediction i've made that i'll stick with all the way until i'm proven wrong which i'm sure will happen is i feel like the redhead that's part of the uh, flag smashers is um it's Sin Red Skull's daughter. I don't care how they introduce her. I, I honestly think that somehow they're gonna bring the Red Skull into this because he was a big part of the original story.
0: I just thought the way he was throwing people around, it looked like he was superhuman almost. Right. And I can remember, I can remember, the scene where they've gotten Bucky talked down and and his arm is in the vice, and he says something about Steve's mom. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, oh, so we're good now? Like, you know, we, he's just been running all over the city. And now, like, just because he knows Steve's mom, we're good. Um, so there is a there is a hate in the love hate relationship they have. I think, but yeah, there's there's a lot going on, and and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think when you come down from Wandavision and you realize, man, all this big crazy wizard stuff has gone on and uh and now we're going in a whole different direction and i'm just as excited about this whole new place to go as i was coming out of wandavision so
2: i think though it's like with wandavision when we leave wandavision we're left wondering the fate of just a handful of people right you know where this series has the potential to kind of open up to what's the overall Fate of the Marvel arc through the phase, you know, they they could be dealing with what's going to be a a sustained and future problem for the Marvel for the Avengers project on Earth. I know they're going cosmic, but they've they still got they've still got to pay attention to what's going on on Earth because that's the only way it's relatable to the viewers is how does it affect me. So I I don't know. I Bond Division left us wondering. You know, we had the introduction of Sword. And then we have a few other characters where they're going to be developing, um, Monica and such. But, you know, you you don't know when they're going to pop up next. But you have two guys here who are established members of the Avenger group mm-hmm. um, who are going to be teaming up and working together again. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I, when we have Wanda teaming up with, with Strange here soon, that'll be real fun to see, too.
3: I think the old man is Bucky's friend's Mephisto. I'm just saying that. I'm throwing
5: that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to start, start taking our who's Mep- Mephisto pull.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull back the, the entourage of, of, of or, the, or the barrage of theories I had for Wanda. I'm just going to enjoy kind Falcon of Winter Soldier.
4: I'm just right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Although, of course, there was one that immediately popped up that was super interesting about, was the character that sells the serum uh is there is there a a character in the comics that sells the captain america serum to make people it's like it sells powers basically right and there you go and someone pointed out that there was an easter egg in the credits uh regarding the power broker so i think that is interesting that we see this guy from the flags was it the flag smashers is what they're called yeah he definitely looks powered right i mean he punched a guy and he flew across the across the the, uh the street so
3: brandon you'll love this in the original comics the power broker he first appeared in um a thing comic book and the thing was in pro wrestling and all the pro wrestlers had
5: superpowers (laughs) oh that's awesome
3: they all got their super strength for pro wrestling from the power broker so then that split off into the Captain America comics. And, um, you know, Captain America was kind of feeling his age and feeling like he was losing a step and it was this whole thing. And all of a sudden, this new young guy called the Super Patriot appears and him and Cap fight. And then, you know, he beats Cap because he's stronger because he got super strength from the Power Broker. And the Super Patriot was John Walker, who ended up taking over as Captain America for him in the comic. So it's kind of funny that that Easter egg was in there because there's a big tie to the power broker for um the um you know captain this whole storyline. Where's that the more you know background I have?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I found it interesting that the, the the strong guy from the flag smashers that you notice that he didn't he had the opportunity to kill people and he like he pulled up, mm-hmm. like he stopped himself. So like what's I suddenly found myself thinking, "Like, man, what's what's their end game? What's their motivation? Because they're they're not one of these we want to destroy everybody groups. Like, what's going on there? Or maybe they, they just don't want the attention. Head,
4: of,
2: what's that?
3: He did stomp on that on the officer's head, though. I mean, well,
5: he's the live though. Yeah. I think I think it is interesting that this does smell like your typical MCU fake bad guy, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like we're gonna think they're bad for like until they talk to them and then they're going to realize that there's some kind of like, you know, protest group of some kind or whatever, you know, some group that the real bad guy, that they're actually against the real bad guys. And it does feel like that, doesn't it? That's thought, a good like, point yeah, yeah. about them not killing people. I, I, I wasn't even thinking about that, but
4: yeah. Like when you say that the reference that comes to mind for me and Tim, you may get this one is the chick who's playing her also played Emphas nest in solo. And then In that movie, Emphas Ness was they were considered the bad guys until you got to the end of the movie and her character was actually a good guy. So when you said that and I thought about it, I was like, wow, she just did that same thing (laughs) in the Star Wars universe where for the whole movie, you thought she was a bad guy wearing a mask until they got to the end. She takes the mask off and you find out, nope, they're just other other rebels almost before uh just trying to do trying to do the right thing
5: uh oh, but you know it's just their methods and second. means that you, go with it you guys just blew my mind that's a, that's a woman i yes. i did not know that that the was not the big dude no. that's throwing people around no, 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 oh. yeah they
4: haven't showed her yet i don't i don't think they've, showed oh, okay, yet. they've only showed her okay. in the credit okay. or on the uh no didn't, the, didn't they show her putting her mask on
3: at the yeah, very they showed summer? her briefly and then oh okay. the boy and she kind of directed old boy to go take care yeah. of him. Yeah, just Yeah, but that redhead, yeah, that <laughs> redhead
4: <no> <laughs> that redhead played Infant's Nest in solo. Well,
2: you you John, gave me credit for I the theory. cuz right now we're all, just, I like, did, all I did was notice that they didn't kill anybody. The theory is brand is we give him credit for that.
5: Oh, that's, the, that's the gun. Gun. When it's
2: wrong, then you can blame me. That's right. I told you, no theories here. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's a really
2: funny meme going around. That's um, it's a picture of Chris Evans Captain America, and then the U.S. Agent's Captain America below it, and the caption for Chris Evans is Maryland crab cakes, and then the, the caption for uh, U.S. Agent is crab cakes from everywhere else. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it was another. It was another one that was like pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey Brandon, the the guy beating everybody up in the mask was actually China.
5: <laughs> I was gonna say if, it's, if, if 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 he's a if that's a woman, that has to be China, yeah. or, the girl grew, or the girl that got kicked off the Mandalorian, maybe Wrestling China or MTV's China. <laughs> ah, we'll leave that one alone. The yeah, um,
3: flag, the actress that plays uh, flag smasher is Aaron Kellyman.
0: There we go. So we are, uh, we're right in about an hour now. We've we've um, covered a little bit of the Snyder Cut, and we've introduced Falcon Winter Soldier. And later this week, we'll have episode two. So we'll have all kinds of new directions, and we'll find out um, where Sharon Carter is going to pop in and, and how Bucky and Sam re-meet, hopefully this week. Um, but this is a good time to be doing a show about... Um, MCU and DCU and DCEU and there's just a lot of great content out there. Great storytelling going on and we're having fun. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Catch everybody next
4: week. Bye guys. Have a good night.
0: Okay,
1: everyone.